Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. And I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related, curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you wanna hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. All right. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Egg with Miss Wedger. I am here with the one, the only, Sarah Nurswick. Egg teacher how-tos, a lot of people know you by. It's kind of interesting, like that Instagram world, there are some people that I only know by their Instagram handle and not their first name. <laughs> yes. Um and, uh, okay, so today we're just kind of chatting, doing an ask me anything, covering a variety of different topics. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. I was just doing another podcast episode a little bit earlier today, and she was talking about how she started following you and then started following my Instagram account. And that was kind of the same thing for me. I started following you got that inspiration, got that daily dose of what am I going to do tomorrow in my classroom? Let's see what Sarah's doing. And then went from there. Um, I'm going to jump into some of the questions that people had for you, and then we'll go from there. Um, So the first one, favorite CDE and why? My favorite CDE to coach is Ag Communications. Ag communication is actually a funny story how I got into coaching ag communications. I, I was a first year teacher in North Carolina and we were at our new teacher institute and we had the program manager of ag ed there and he asked us for questions and I said, what is your least participated in CDE? Because in the back <laughs> of my mind, I'm thinking I need to get these kids motivated and what's the best way to motivate them? by winning something or doing well in something. And he said, ag communications. And I was like, great, I know nothing about this. Um, So I went back to my team uh, or went back to my chapter. And the first year I taught, we had an ag communications team and we got third in the state out of three. I mean, third in the state, right? Just say that, Just, just go with that. And the next year we got third in the state out of five. And the next year we got third in the state out of like seven or nine. I don't remember. And it was just, it was so encouraging. And I love that CDE because it's so practical. If you don't know about the CDE, there's multiple parts of it. There's the presentation and the media plan that goes along with the presentation. So the kids get a scenario every year from National FFA and they have to create a communications plan for a topic with a certain amount of money for a business or a farmer or a commodity or something of that nature. And then they present it 15 minutes long, almost like a sales pitch, let's say. And then on the other end, there's individual parts of the competition. There's a a editing quiz where you literally read a press release and you have to edit it for grammar and spelling and punctuation. And the next is a communications quiz based on AP style and broadcast and journalism and cameras and all all the things. And then 
that's not it. People think Parley Pro is the Super Bowl. CDE, I beg to differ. Um, and then they have to do a practicum and each kid is assigned a practicum area. One teacher is a, one teacher, one student is a journalistic writer. One student is an opinion writer, one student is a video editor, and one student is a web page designer. And those kids need to develop those, those skills. They sit in a press conference that they have no idea what's going to happen. We've had one on dominoes. We've had one on culverts. We had one on growing tomatoes in space. I mean, you don't know. You just walk in and you're like, okay. And then they go into a room and have an hour and a half to create their thing. And there you go. It's so fun. I have students who are now in AgCom in college. I have kids who edit our videos on our Instagram. And my kids do better in English. I'm such a better speller, grammatical. I'm a font like crazy person, love my fonts <laughs> because of my experience in AgCom and I just love it so much. Okay, so besides just jumping in with two feet, how did you like wrap your mind around all of these different parts? How did you like learn these different parts and then in turn teach them to your FFA kiddos? If you are teaching a CDE, you need to do what the kids do, especially if you don't know it. So every time my kids take a quiz, I take a quiz. Anytime my kids pull up the AP style book, I have my copy on the desk and I open it up and I check with them or we complete together. When you're, the practicums are a little bit harder. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how to use Premiere Pro, the, the editing software like my kids do, but I provided them either a mentor in our school. We have an, uh, a video teacher at our school who he's been able to help us. Or now I have like kind of uh, a legacy of video editors in my chapter who they just train each other now. And, you know, just being able to immerse yourself in there. We always start out the beginning of the year. The kids don't do well on quizzes. That's how you get into it in Georgia. You have to be the best two in your area on quizzes to even get to do anything else. So we practice quizzes a lot um, just, to, just to be eligible to compete at state. And they start out getting half the points. And then by the end, they're beating me left and right and getting perfect scores because they just have to learn it. It's just like you, you just got to learn it. You're not going to know going in. And it's, it's okay as a teacher to not know and tell your kids, I don't know, we're going to learn together. And now I'm much more proficient in it because I put myself in the shoes of a student and became a student of ag communications. And I think that helps my confidence when I'm coaching the kids because I became a student myself. And I'm, Hannah, I don't know if people know this, but I like big ideas. I like crazy ideas. And being able to create a media plan and present it is like my wheelhouse 100% and being able to instill that into my students to think differently and to be able to de design stuff that it, I mean, it, it's the bread and butter of, of my love for CDs. <laughs> I can, just you speaking, I can tell that there's a serious passion there. And I can only imagine how that translates to your students. I mean, when your teacher's fired up, you're going to be fired up as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I never knew. Favorite? 
you know, I never knew I was going to love AgCom. I didn't go out of college thinking I'm going to be, I probably thought I was going to be like the livestock judging coach, which doesn't mean in 10 years, I won't have a national winning livestock judging team. It just means I'm not there yet. So growth mindset. I love egg sales. And if you would have told me when I was in college that I was going to have a egg sales team, I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but it was kind fun. of the, yeah. We had actually commun- a community member approach us and be like, "Hey, I'll be your coach." I was like, "Okay." Anybody who wants to be on this team, I had a group of kids, and I we all were like taking notes as this amazing man came in and kind of gave us all the tips and tricks and. He had been a judge a few years, so he had some kind of insider information, and it was great. It was great. And then I was like, this is good. We got to keep doing this. Like, we got to keep going. We got to keep this momentum. And I always feel like egg communications, egg sales, I feel like those skills are so valuable and so transferable. I mean, like horse judging, I think is great and whatnot, but I feel like that's somewhat specific. I feel like the like critical thinking skills are really great, but sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's that's in good. sales. Everyone's in sales. Everyone's yes. in communication, regardless of your job. And those are so transferable. And then even thinking about horse judging, we've had awesome horse judging teams here with my teaching partner. And the being able to be confident to stand up in front of somebody and tell them why you believe what you believe about something is just, I mean, being able to see those kids have those skills is incredible. And I think any of our CDEs are like that. You know, they just build confidence. At the end of the day, they're building confidence and they're building teamwork skills. and, And that's what our kids need. It doesn't matter what they're actually doing. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Next question is what's your favorite class to teach? My, well, it's changed, changed, you know, from, from time to time. This moment today, as I'm two days, I guess two teacher work days away from starting my ninth year of teaching, my favorite class is Ag Business and Leadership. Um, it's a senior level level class, so I have a really good relationship with the kids, and I'm really able to push them a lot more than maybe a, a second year kid or a first year kid. And we, the way we run our ag business class is in in collaboration with our lo- a local farm, and the kids run a run the farm, run a community supported agriculture box program through them, and at the end of the year they get profits from it. So it's a real life situation. They have to do the email marketing. They have to do the social media. They have to do customer relations. So it's not just teaching the concepts. It's living them out. Whereas a lot of my kids might not be in a business, you know, per se, like, but they're getting those skills and learning how to write good emails and they're learning how to position products. And that's going to really help them in the long run. My, my runner up would be basic ag though. That was, that was my favorite for a lot of years until like last year. (laughs) I, yeah, I like, I think about some of my like basic egg or introduction to agriculture classes 
and I would normally have like a whole bunch of freshmen and sometimes that can be exciting to have their just enthusiasm and excitement in the classroom and they're not quite middle school squirmy they've kind of got some of the squirms out <laughs> and they're just eager to learn I love that mm -hmm. um all right next question what books are you reading Currently, right now, I'm reading um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, and I love it so much. Um, it, it talks about the golden circle of why being in the middle, how being outside of it, and then what being on the outside. And I keep on bringing it back to FSA so much. During the Green and Growing Mini Mastermind, we talked about how to get kids at kids involved in FFA um, and it we we sell it so much because literally get it in your mind right now you're a salesperson you're selling that field trip to your kids you're selling the the reason they should do their homework you're selling the reason they should have an SAE project you literally are selling all day long and you just haven't said it to yourself so congratulations you're a salesperson but we sell so much <laughs> when it comes to FFA on the what and not the why. We say, and I do this, I, I'm finally realizing it right now. Like I, I say, we go on 26 field trips a year, hashtag like before COVID. Um, <laughs> and you know, that's what we do, but the why always gets left out. And no wonder there's a disconnect between my kids and getting into it. Cause they're thinking, well, what's, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? I don't care about a field trip. Or if I go on a field trip, what's that going to do for me? So going back and really drilling down into myself, like what is the why people are buying it? And you think about like us two with our AirPods on, why do we buy AirPods and not something else? Why do I have an iPhone and not something else, even though there might be better tech out there, but I bought into the why of Apple you know? So, and like, why do I go to Chick-fil-A? Because I'm going to get better service. Is it the best food I've ever had at a fast food restaurant? Probably not. But I like that they say my name. I like that they get it right. I like that I can be in a line of 30 people in the drive-thru and still be out in 10 minutes or less. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to the why that people buy into the things we do. So anyway, long story short, start with why is great. <laughs> And I'm also reading The Psychology of Winning um, by uh, Dennis Waitley. It's one of the books I was given at Guide Culture the first time I went. And it's an older book, but it talks about the, the psychology of winners. And somebody posted today that I must have said in one of my podcasts before that you should surround yourself with a circle of winners. And I totally believe that 100% true, like the Green and Grown community are a whole bunch of winners. And when you surround yourself with winners, you're just going to elevate yourself. Um, and just, just getting back to that, you know, how am I going to have a winning mentality, especially in today's atmosphere of virtual learning, of COVID, of all these new precautions, of all these new systems and processes that are brand new. Um, just being able to remind myself to have a positive mindset and have a winning mindset and, and you know, all of that stuff. And also fun fact is I read Start With Why at home and I read Psychology of Winning at school. So today 
I was sitting around and I'm like, I'm all ready for the first day of school. I don't really have much more to do. We've had two weeks of pre-planning, which is just a little bit too much. And because um, <laughs> you feel like you have all this margin because you get everything done. So I was about to get on my phone and start scrolling, you know, get on Instagram, whatever. But I took out the book instead. And some people have DM me on Instagram, like, I wish I could read as much as you do. But I put systems into my life to make that available. So I brought the book to school on the first day of school to do that. And then I have a do not do not disturb on my phone from five to eight, which is when I'm with my kids and cooking and whatever. But if I have time where I'm just sitting, I'll pick up my book and read instead. But this is recently, I just started these habits to try and put more time into input into me. So if you are thinking about reading, those are some tips to put it into your day. Just move around some stuff so you can find that time. I also have a friend who, um, she's an English teacher and she um, will have like a paperback, you know, like a actual real copy of a book. And then oftentimes she'll try and get like the audiobook version, whether it's from the library or buying it or whatever else. And she said that allows her a lot of freedom to move through books a lot quicker um, and be able to get more content in that she'll, you know, maybe read a couple of chapters at home and then she's driving and dropping off her kids and picking them up and she can get through a few more chapters um, or re read a chapter and then mm -hmm. re-listen to it. Um, and so I've picked that up from her and I think that's been really helpful just in the season of life that I'm in with kids and always feeling like the moment I pick up a book they're like what are you doing come play with me whatever else so I think For that's sure. a good trick too so those are the two books you're reading right now I know you've been reading through a lot of books is there any others that you would recommend um our listeners check out this summer I read why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria um Oh gosh, now I can't remember the author's name. And I read it in a book club. So another way to really be accountable is to join a book club. It was run by one of my friends. Her name's Bree Guillory. Guillory, she's a first grade teacher in Louisiana and I love her so much. And she has just such a spirit of uh, cooperation and, and love and positivity. And she started a book club and invited me to be a part of it. So every week on Saturday, we would meet and discuss what was going on in the book. And I think that social justice and me educating myself on, you know, the systematic, uh, systemic racism that's in our country that, you know, I just wasn't aware of because I was never taught and I never sought out the information was so important for me to find that and figure out ways that you know, maybe my students are feeling that I've just never, I've never paid attention to, which is my fault completely. That book was incredible. The first two chapters were like 120 pages, but it was history. It was a history lesson. Mm. And it was so, so, so good. I talked to Brie and I was like, I might start a book club with just ag teachers to go through this book because I know a lot of people bought it. And it would be so good to just discuss and, you know, really when you discuss something, you kind of get to another layer of knowledge and you get to another layer of understanding. And that one was so good. So good. I highly advise it. I'll work on the book club thing. 
I'll think about it. And then um, I <laughs> also read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and that was a really good one this summer. And Atomic Habits. I read that one, too. Lots of, th- lots of things about habits. <laughs> um, I am currently reading Becoming by Michelle Obama, and I have really appreciated her view on um, history and race and education and parenting and how all of that has co-mingled and evolved and her view of it and how her view changed. Um, and just from my point of view, it has been really like eye-opening um, and just, I feel like getting those different perspectives can be so helpful in noticing or finding what your blind spots are. So I've mm-hmm. appreciated reading through that and getting a history lesson and opening up my eyes a little bit more. For sure. So um, we talked about the books. People are wondering what podcasts you're listening to as well. Well, obviously the Ag with Miss Wedger podcast. <laughs> always, always. I think I'm all caught up. So I can't wait for the new ones to come out. Well, I haven't watched, I haven't listened to Kara's yet. Um, so that one. I listen to every week the Guide Culture podcast. Uh, Guide Culture mm-hmm. is a sales and communication training, and it just happens to be in Alpharetta, Georgia, the headquarters with Macy McNeely and Catherine Schubert. If you follow me on Instagram, I post about it all the time. Um, I'm also a Guide Culture coach. So on all my free time, I help coach people through what I've learned through Guide Culture, which is so fun. And they have such great perspectives. A lot of it's about entrepreneurship or running a business, which I do with Green and Growing Education. But so much of it, I've taken almost more of it into my classroom Mm -hmm. and figuring out better ways to communicate with my students and better ways to communicate with my staff members and my administration and going back to the root of like, my job is to serve others. and that, you know, that's the end of the day and what I can do, like, how is this serving? Or I thought somewhere, maybe it was a post today, like, who is this serving? Me writing a mean email, who's that serving? It's, it's serving me, it's not serving anybody else. So, you know, checking my tone at the door and figuring out better ways to serve others. And then another go-to is the Entree Leadership Podcast. So mm-hmm. good. I'm listening to the one you sent me with, um, <laughs> with Jocko, our good guy, Jocko. Uh, we should get him on the podcast. Uh, and <laughs> there was another one this week. I'm going to shout it out because it was so good. I need to re-listen to it and take notes on it from the Entree Leadership Podcast. It was about joy in the, I can't find it. It was episode 385, but I've already listened to it, so I can't find it. Uh, Episode 385, and it was about rediscovering joy in the workplace. And it Mm -mm. was so good with Bruce Daisley. So, so good. It it talked about how laughter is important in the job. Like, wow. You know, and anytime I hear like in the workplace, I think of in the classroom. I just translate it to the classroom. Because it's Mm -hmm. so true. I mean, we're working with adults, basically, pre adults Mm -hmm. and showing them that this is, this is the way it can be. It doesn't always have to be. 
and being that outlet in my kids, the kids' classroom is important to me. Um, those are my go-tos. I hop around on some other ones, but that's, that's really what I, what I listen to. Sometimes Creative for Experience with Billy Bowie. I'll throw that one in the mix. Ooh, I've not ever heard of that one before. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the uh, Nikki and Brianna's podcast. Yes, uh, here, here by, by the out. Here by the out. Yes. And then Green are, <laughs> Yeah, and your own. And your my own podcast sometimes. Uh, Brianna and Nikki are cranking them out and rocking it. That is some fabulous content that they have going on over there. Um, if you haven't checked out Here by the Owl, it is fabulous content. Um, I just finished Dolly Parton's America. Super interesting, especially as a a kid who grew up on Dolly Parton songs and, you know, I don't know. I feel like she's kind of an American staple, but they got into like all the things. Um, race, they got into just like her growing up. Um, they got into equity issues. It was very, very interesting and not what I expected. Um, and it was, I think, eight or ten episodes, so it was one that you could, like, you know, I like ones that you can cruise through every once in a while and get a bunch of information, so that's a good one. Um, that if you, if you grew up with Dolly Parton, that's, it's very, very interesting, but that's, that's my recommendation currently. My other ones are similar to what you listen to. I've been on the Entree Leadership, um, one kick for a while now. I love that one. Guide Culture, you got me into as well. And then I've been checking out some of the other egg teacher ones that have been mm -hmm. going around. So all good things. Um, okay. Some of our, some of our first year teachers are getting gearing up to start school either within the next few days or the next few weeks. And so some of the questions, there are various ones, but essentially what is your advice for first year teachers and this advice might be different than normal because of COVID I don't know but you give them your advice you know it's interesting right now but I think I would tell any new teacher to find people that you can ask questions to in a non-judgmental area. I'm going to say, Facebook is a judgmental area. Mm. When you post, will you share all of your animal science curriculum with me? That's not the best place to, to have that. Maybe it's a teaching partner. Maybe, maybe it's even another first year teacher who is in your cohort. Mm. Maybe it's a, you know, I don't know, a mentor teacher, you're the person you student taught with, and maybe it'll just take some time for you to find those people. But being able to find someone that you can ask a question and say, Hannah, this just happened in my classroom, what would you do? Or I'm about to be observed. This is my lesson. Would you give me any feedback? Being mm. able to have somebody in your corner and encouraging non-judgmental person in your corner who's pulling for you literally has an impact on your teacher confidence. And 
that's something easy and it's so beneficial too to have somebody who you can just chat with and you know you might you should never feel alone I I feel like that's the hill I want to die on is teachers shouldn't feel alone I grew I know you you've been a single teacher your entire career I was a single teacher for five a lot of years till actually brightened up my life and um (laughs) I felt alone. I felt so alone and I felt scared to ask questions and I felt like I had to do it all myself because no one was going to help me. But guess who was telling me that? Who was, who was saying that? It was me. I was telling myself nobody's going to listen to me. I was telling myself nobody's going to answer my questions. That was all me. It wasn't the other people. I just never, never reached out to people. And reaching out to someone individually is also a compliment to them because they're like, oh, man, mm-hmm. they asked me a question. I, a, a new teacher DM'd me the other, uh, I don't know, the other day, and I was so jazzed to talk to her. Like, sent her a mm-hmm. voice memo, and we talked about her class. And I, was just, I, don't, I don't know. That was the first time we've talked on Instagram before. I was so ready to talk to her just because it was a, it was a compliment to me that she was asking me for my advice. And then just being able to cultivate those relationships with that pe- with those people as you grow. It doesn't have to be somebody in your state. It doesn't have to be somebody in your area, your region. It can be. That there's no rules on who you can be friends with. <laughs> but finding someone who you can not you can be friends with and chat with and have these things with. It might even be the 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 engineering teacher next door. You mm. know. It, it doesn't have to be an ag teacher. A lot of times, I was just going to say that ag teachers think like when nobody understands, nobody's like an ag teacher, and I'm like, oh, that's not that's not actually true. You know that everyone teaches. Yeah, they might not know how to how to uh, run a livestock judging team, but that doesn't mean they've never coached a team before. It doesn't mean that they don't have experiences running teenage practices. It doesn't mean that they don't have experience communicating to teenagers it's just a different context and you know what that might actually be the best advice you can get sometimes it's from people who are outside of your circle sometimes I've heard it said at guide culture is you are inside a bottle and like think about a a coca-cola bottle coke bottle or a pop bottle if you're up in Minnesota and the (laughs) label the label is around your coke bottle you can't read the label you can't see what's going on. You have to be outside the bottle to actually get a good perspective. And that might be my best advice. I 100, being someone who has taught eight years as a single person department, 100% find a teacher friend that is teaching a different content area. Um, one of my best friends, she's my best friend now, um, but coworkers, the chemistry teacher, and her and I would go over lesson plans, and I would walk into her room, and she'd be like, gosh, this lab didn't go how I wanted it to, and we would walk through that whole thing together. Okay, how did you want this to go? What were the results? Why, why did you not like the results? Well, what if you tried this? Let's, you know, set this up, and let me walk through it as a student. What does this look like from the stu- student's view? And just like you said, sometimes we get these blind spots where we're so like in our own world that we 
we don't think outside of it. I mean, you and I say that a lot that we're so close to germinate that it's hard for us to think about things that are maybe, you know, people outside of germinate don't quite know or understand. Um, and that's the same thing in the classroom. The other thing that I was thinking when you were talking is it might be like your school secretary too. Like <laughs> some of my most difficult questions are things that I needed answers or help with. My school secretaries, the sweetest, most knowledgeable, I'll help you get this done. I'll hold your hand through this. However many times you need me to go through it until you understand it. I just, I cannot say enough about the school secretaries and they were like the, I always joke that they ran the school because <laughs> they did. They were supporting everyone um, and knew answers to almost all of my questions. So yeah. And something to go along with what you're saying is when you're asking someone a question, be specific. Don't mm. just say, I need help running my basic ag class. Now, I could go 87 different directions with that. Do you need help with your classroom management? Do you need bell ringers? Do you need help with the soils unit? Do you need help with, you know, the digestive system in the animal science unit? Be specific on what you really need advice with, and it'll help guide the person you're he that's helping you to the answer quicker. You know, just mm -hmm. being very clear to say, I'm coaching an ad communications team, Sarah. I don't understand how to do an editing quiz. If somebody texted me that, I'd be like, I got you. But if they said, tell me all the things you know about ad communications, I'd be like, how many books can I write? <laughs> you know, and that's not going to help you. It's, it's not. So being very specific about what you need in, in a given moment will help you get to the answer faster. And I think maybe even like, let's say someone's like, I don't know why my class is so out of control. Maybe prefacing that conversation with, hey, I know my class is out of control. Can you help me walk through, you know, X, Y, Z or a variety of different things? Help me process why or what might be going wrong and then help me focus in on that. So is it your content? Is it your, you know, someone might not quite even know like, what the problem is or what the question is, but I think just even prefacing it with like what you are looking for in that conversation or what you need from that person um, will get you more specific results um, than just a, my class is crazy, what should I do? <laughs> Super powerful though to be specific. Super powerful. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to this next question. Um, I guess it's kind of along the same lines of advice for first year teachers, um, but just advice for teachers in general because of how crazy this year is and how different it looks for everyone. Um, what would you tell teachers just going into this fall um, for the school year? Control what you can control. That's it. Just control what you can control. I can control how I organize my classes on Microsoft Teams. I can control my knowledge of Microsoft Teams. I could have, I was devastated, RIP Google Classroom when we found out that we could not use Google Classroom and I've used it for years and loved it, right? Instead of sitting on my pity pot and saying, oh, Google Classroom, whatever, 
I decided to take ownership over what I could control, which meant getting in and I made a practice Google, you know, or Microsoft Teams and I started playing around with it. And I joined a Microsoft Teams Facebook group just to get ideas, looked on TikTok, you know, whatever, <laughs> um, for, for ideas. And, you know, there are, there are going to be things out of your control and being able to keep your composure when things don't go right or things are upsetting and being able to reel yourself back in is so important. Yesterday, I got very upset and I had a bad night. I told Sam, my husband, I said, I'm getting Chick-fil-A tonight. I'm not cooking. (laughs) 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 I'm done for the night. I'm done with this. Um, because something happened and I have no control over it. My, my, my county said we have to do something this way. And it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I, mm. I was really mad for the rest of the day, basically went to bed, woke up, worked out and now I'm fine. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I tried to find the good in it. You know, like our good friend Jocko, mm-hmm. he says like, find the good in what it is like, okay, we have this new system. Good. Now I have time to figure it out so I can be a better coach for my teachers when they need help. And that's what I did today is I recorded a tutorial video of how to do it. So all of my teachers know how to do it, you know, and just finding those things you can do during this time, because you might be kicked out of school tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Who knows? All of us are so different right now. There's people I'm full virtual. I have friends who are completely face to face and they've been in school for two weeks you know, this year is just do the best you can for your kids. And, you know, when you control what you can control, that's when you have the autonomy to choose relationships over rigor or, you know, community over curriculum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those things, I think growth over grade, somebody posted on my Instagram. And I love Mm -hmm. that. That I love that too my kids are, are in the same boat as me. And I have the, you know, opportunity to lead them positively through this by controlling what I can control and trying to detach from those other things that, you know, I don't have any control over what the county says and I'm just going to do it because that's my job. Mm -hmm. You know, just really focus on that and, you know, you'll move forward and you'll find, you'll fail you will. We're all going to fail. I'm probably going to met. I was just talking to my teaching partner about how we probably expect too much out of ourselves the first couple of days of school. So we need to like push out our lesson plans because it's going to be a technological, technological nightmare the first day of school. Mm, so now yeah. I know I've already failed and school hasn't even started yet. But failure mm-hmm. is just a step on the cycle of success. The cycle of success is try. I tried my lesson plan fail. I already know I'm going to fail. So I'm going to change it. Try to learn. I learned that this is probably not a good idea. If the teachers are having this much trouble, my kids are going to have a lot more. Um, try, fail, learn, improve. And then you re-enter the cycle of success. It's not a failure circle. It's the cycle of success and failure is just a part of it. You didn't learn how to, you know, strike an arc when you were welding the first time or run a bead you failed, but failure is just a first attempt in learning, F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. So get used to it and detach from it emotionally. You are not a failure. Failing is an event, not a person. There you go. It's 
speaking, speaking my language. I love it. <laughs> I always think too, like, if I think back to high school and think about like the assignments that I did or the lessons that I were a part of, the ones that I remember most vividly are the ones that I either failed miserably, <laughs> like epically failed, or where I created something and was so proud, like made something, created something, produced something and was so proud of it. My husband and I talk about all the time, elementary school, one of the only things that we can remember, like one of the only lessons we can remember is making uh, the solar system and having all the styrofoam balls and hanging them all and painting them. And my husband remembers like all these odd facts about the solar system. And mine was like, I created this huge volcano. And so I remember all these odd facts about volcanoes, but we were creating, we were producing something we were both so proud of it. Um, the other one was that I remember from um, elementary school is our inventors fair and I invented this is so silly I invented this was my idea is I wanted a plastic baggie like a ziploc baggie inside of the ziploc baggie so if you were if you wanted to bring multiple snacks that meshed together but didn't want them to be together they'd be together well that was an epic fail like it did not go over well I like used hot glue on the baggies and it messed up. But I remember that because it was an epic fail. And then like a year or two later, Ziploc comes out with like containers that have different little spots within one container. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? I will still remember that to this day when I pack my kids little lunchable things and they have the different containers. But creating stuff and that failures your kids are going to remember so For much sure. better I love that that is such that is such <laughs> a good point is that you really remember the highs and the lows yeah yeah and, but I think as teachers here's the thing for my lows I can still remember what my teachers did in that moment so to remind yourself that when your kids are in a low how you react is going to stay with them for a long time. I can still remember my physics teacher senior year telling me that I got the worst grade he's ever had his entire teaching career. I can still remember that I'm 32 years old and I can remember in my senior English class, apparently senior year was bad for me. Whatever. I still got into Georgia. Um, <laughs> our teacher, my teacher had examples of bad papers, three examples of bad papers and put them on the board and edited them. Two of them were mine. And how do you think that made me feel? How do you think that? I mean, obviously not good because I still remember it. So just reminding yourself that when your kids are in the cycle of success and they have a failure, it is your responsibility as a teacher to do it with grace. Because I, that is going to stick with them for a very long time. And you do not want to write a, you know, put a label on them. That's not actually true. I mean, Think about my English teacher. What do I do now with my kids that I love as, as much? I love editing freaking press releases and getting grammar and I'm correcting my kids grammar. That I shouldn't have been labeled as a bad English student. 
I shouldn't mm. because, you know, that could have squashed my whatever. You know, I'm not, I don't, it is not our job to put labels on kids. 100%. I, that makes me think of, I was in pre-calc and my, I was not doing the greatest. This was in high school. And that I will still remember her face, what her face looked like. And she like put her hand on my shoulder and was like, I just think you're one of those kids that just doesn't get math. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I dropped her class. I was like, I don't need any more math. I have fulfilled my requirements. I don't need to go further. If you don't think I can do it, I don't think I can do it either. You're, you're clearly not going to support me. Wow. Ugh. that This is so powerful. Right. You don't think about it until you think about it. Yeah. And I really hope that people listening and us too remember this when we have our kids who are not turning in assignments, not showing up to their virtual classes and really reaching out with compassion and not criticism. Mm. 100%. 100%. All right. I have a hard hitting question for you. <laughs> Someone had asked what keeps you up at night? And so maybe we'll make it more specific, like within education, what keeps you up at night? Um, that's a really good question. I'm really tired at night. So <laughs> <laughs> I just like pass out. Seriously. Um, I, I work I out in the morning. The so like I, yeah, I pass out at night. I think, you know, right now, after I did a lot of soul searching and um, really taking it, uh, a look at the way that I run my classroom in, in terms of equity is that I've, mm. I have some, some shortcomings that I'm not okay with. And I'm not okay with the way that some of the things run and I'm not okay with some of the things that are happening. And it's my responsibility to change those things in my classroom because that's my circle of influence and making sure that I, I mean, even just talking about what we're talking about, I don't want a kid to ever leave my classroom and feel disrespected. You know, I think mm -hmm. about recently people have been saying, if you can say that the names on Game of Thrones, you can say your, your students' names. I get it. You know, I, that's a, mm -hmm. I'm a Game of Thrones person. But I had a kid in my class this last year, and I said her name wrong for five months until she corrected me. And it's not her fault. It's my fault. And I will remember that forever because every time I said her name, and I said her name a lot because she's a great kid, I was disrespecting her. I was disrespecting her heritage. I was disrespecting her culture, and I was disrespecting her family. And you know, like, if somebody says your name wrong, I mean, we're Hannah and Sarah. Even my last name is weird sometimes. And I get a little like ding on me when somebody says nerves mm -hmm. wrong. I'm like, come on, it's not that hard. And think about our kids, if their first name were saying wrong, like that's not acceptable to me. There's a lot of things that I've thought that I've done that just I'm cutting them out and, and really trying to be very intentional about the way that, you know, I say FFA is a family and I say all this, but I really want to mean it. And I want everyone mm -hmm. to feel welcome regardless of anything, whatever they come to class with, I want them to feel welcome. And I think that's what has kept me up this summer 
really. It's just yeah. awakening to the fact that just because it's the way it is doesn't mean that's the way it should be. And just because this is the way we've always done it does not mean that it's equitable to everyone. And I need, I need to be better and I need to do better for my kids. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. That's really awesome. And obviously, I think, at least speaking personally, I think that sometimes it's really hard to, like, acknowledge those things that, like, I'm in the same boat as you with, there's been multiple names where I found out later, like, not even from that student, but from a friend that's like, hey, you've been calling that student by the wrong name this whole semester and I'm like first I feel like why didn't that student tell me but at the same time I'm like well they were maybe embarrassed or whatever and and why didn't I ask did I say your name correctly or have I been, been pronouncing it correctly like that's I don't know it's it feels yucky to acknowledge that it feels just I don't know you, I feel the weight of it, but at the same time, like, it's my responsibility, mm -hmm. and so I appreciate you just being honest and, and taking the responsibility of it. Okay, next question. Um, someone is wondering if you could be in anyone's, a any egg teacher's class, whose would it be and why, which I know <laughs> I think about this and I'm like, this is a tough question. There's a lot of different, like, there's a lot of classrooms I would like to get into. Yes, there are a lot of classrooms I would like to get into. I feel like I would just say like every Germanate speaker's classroom. <laughs> um, because of the content area and the way I know this person runs their classroom, I would love to have my butt in a seat in Lacey Trunnell's floral design classes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the reason, the reason I say that is because one, Lacey is so positive. She, she is, I'm losing my AirPods. This is the second time. <laughs> um, she is so inspiring and so creative. And I feel like my whole life I didn't feel like I was creative because I couldn't draw, but now I know I am a creative person and I, I thrive in creative environments. I just create differently. I create lesson plans and I create ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like if I was a student, I would thrive in a creative classroom where it's not drawing, where I could create things with my hands and the way she incorporates business into her classroom would be so cool too to be able to figure out like how to actually you know you have customers you have wedding customers or you have you know event customers mm. who are relying on your expertise and uh professionalism and you know not marksmanship that's definitely shooting um showmanship <laughs> i don't know what the right word is but i think that would be that would be really cool to like go back in time, but I would also go to her classroom too. Like Red Bluff, California, I'm coming for you. I sit in all of their classes actually. Yes, 100%. Um, those are my reasonings for Lacey. And if you're an ag teacher and you're mad that I didn't pick you, believe me, there's so many of you in my head that I wish I could. <laughs> there's so many I can think of that just their energy, you're like, what does that translate like? In, or how does that translate into the classroom? What does that look like? 
I also am very curious about some of our um, friends who teach middle school because mm. that is really out of my comfort zone. And so I would like to see what coordinating that chaos looks like. <laughs> For sure. That would be so cool. Yeah. Middle school is, has not been my, my forte. So I always, I think of Laura Crosby and I'm like, oh, how does she, I can just imagine how she orchestrates those kiddos mm -hmm. and just move through a lesson. All right. Well, those are the questions that I have for you today. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that I'm just so thankful for the green and growing community and how it's grown to be more than just curriculum and conferences, that it really is a community. And I think you're a huge part of that um, in cultivating that community with ag teachers. And I, you know, I, I was actually journaling today because I needed to get out of my classroom. <laughs> you know, I'm bored right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I just think of the future of all of this, like the way we've been able to have, you know, podcasts and conferences and, and Facebook groups and Instagram groups and mini masterminds. Like, I just can't even imagine what the next couple of years are going to be like, you know, how different would my career have been if it, if green and growing and germinate were there from the beginning. And it just makes mm. me so excited for, for the new teachers who are starting right now, who have been to germinate when they were in college and they, they know these teachers and they've cultivated those relationships and they, you know, they have that encouragement in their lives. I, I'm just really excited to see where everything goes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it this is, our best days in, are here and now, Hannah. Our best days are here and now. Well, I'm gonna, we're gonna end on that note. That nice, high, happy note. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for spending some time with me today and chatting. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Instagram is the best place. So at ag teacher how to it's me um you can also follow at germinate conference for information about germinate we'll have some announcements here in the next couple weeks i don't know when this podcast mm -hmm. is posting but in september be on the lookout end of august we will have announcements and some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline to you to start getting involved in germinate winter 2021 i'm so excited Yay. We're talking about winter in August, and I cannot be more excited. Yeah, it's like 90 degrees outside, and <laughs> I'm so ready for Germany. It'll be snowing soon. <laughs> Not here, but yes, in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You just finished listening to Ag with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama of two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you, yeah, you, <laughs> 
want to be a guest, you can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.